Welcome to the study of God's Word, recorded live from Calvary Chapel in Aurora, Colorado. To learn more about the many resources available through Abounding Grace Media, visit us online at calvaryaurora.org or download our free app on all platforms. And now, let's open our Bibles and study God's Word. Amen, amen. We'll flip your Bible open to the Old Testament, to Jeremiah 29. And I've titled tonight's message, uh, Living Through an Extended Crisis. Now, Jeremiah chapter 29, we know that, uh, you know, so often verse number 11 is a very popular verse. It's like, I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. And when we go to Jeremiah, you know, often that is one of those memory verses that, that, that we keep very close to our heart. But this chapter has so much to offer, so many things that the Lord has, has put within this to give us help in moments like the time that we're living in right now. You know, I, 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 I think that we could all agree that as we look around the globe and we see the things that are taking place, that God has got the attention of the entire world right now. You know, everything is out of, of sorts. and There is nothing here that is going on that is normal. And as we've walked through this pandemic, here we sit uh, in America. You know, we're, we're just over four months into this pandemic and everything. And all the routines that you and I know have been completely disrupted. And so what do we do? Well, we, we come back to that place and we, we grab hold of Jesus. We open up the scriptures and we dive into the scriptures to take out a compelling message, a compelling Bible study that God has for us so that we can be reminded of how great our God is, so, so that we can come and we can understand how to live through the times of extended crisis. We're in an extended crisis. How long is this crisis going to continue to go on? I don't know. I mean, nobody ever expected it to, to, be, to last this long, and yet we're still here. And if you're like me, and, I'm, and I can see your eyeballs here. I, got my, I can't see the clock in the back, but I can see your eyeballs. Man, we wrestle with real things. We struggle with real stuff. We struggle with, hey, what is it going to be like here for next year? What is it going to be like at the end of the summer? You know, are we gonna, what, are, what are the struggles that we're going to face in the fall time? I mean, is there going to be another perpetuation of... of you know, the same thing that we experienced in March. And what does God's word have to say about that? Listen, as a, as a simple man, my daughter made me this, this t-shirt here. It says Jesus over Jeff. <laughs> that, you know, that, that is a strong reminder. I know that you guys got uh, t-shirts here. Oh, goodness, what is it? I saw a few of them. Hope is contagious. That's it. Hope is contagious. You know, just remembering that Jesus is over our lives. And in Jeremiah 29, he gives us some insight as to how we walk through and how we live through moments like what we're in right now. The Apostle Paul, he said this in Romans 15 and 4. He says, for whatever things were written before were written for our learning, that we, through the patience and the comfort of the Scriptures, might have hope and that's exactly what we need when we face uncertainty is that we need hope we need to be reminded of the great hope that god has given to us in his word and i want to start right there i want to start in verse number one jeremiah 29 verse number one take a look at it from your bible tonight i'm reading from the new king james version and here's what it says it says now 
These are the words that the letter that Jeremiah the prophet sent from Jerusalem to the remainder of the elders who were carried away captive. And then there's a dash right there. He says, to the priests, to the prophets, and to all the people whom Nebuchadnezzar had carried away captive from Jerusalem to Babylon. It's a letter within a book. That, that, that in chapter 29, scholars tell us that there's four different letters that are right here. And these first 14 verses of what we're going to look at here tonight, this is the part where Jeremiah, he's writing to those that have just been the first wave of captivity, if you will. He's writing to them, to these people that are going into an extended crisis, the Babylonian captivity that you and I call it now. This is what we know from, from biblical history, that this is, this is that. This is where God was, was working with his people. But I think sometimes that we forget that, that these are real people that we put, you know, we read through the chapters and we don't see all the, the glorious nuggets that God has in here for us. And, I, and, and, and by the spirit of God tonight, man, I want to bring these things out and, and maybe share them with you in a different way that you haven't seen so that there's encouragement and there's hope that we can go forward with. Their struggle lasted for 70 years. What does that mean? Their struggle, the extended crisis that they were going through, it lasted an entire lifetime. Can you imagine this COVID thing and the changing of circumstances lasting an entire lifetime? Man, we've gone through this for four months and we're all exhausted in so many different ways. It's like, okay, Lord, what are you doing? God, I trust you. I totally trust you. But what are you doing, Lord? And one of the things that, that they wrestled with here, that as we read in the book of Nehemiah in chapter 8, is one of the things that they lost through the course of this captivity. In this extended crisis, when they came back and the people began to regather in, uh, in Jerusalem, right, and build the wall and all this stuff under Nehemiah, one of the things that they, they lost was the Hebrew language. They forgot the Hebrew language, the language in which they worship God, which they, they would read from the scriptures and they would understand. They were completely changed. And as we turn things back here to where we are right now, for us in, in, in 2020 here, that man, things have been destabilized and guess what? We are learning how to live with new restrictions. And in, 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 in some of those restrictions on certain days, it can feel like, oh man, Lord, this is such a weight. I don't, I don't know how much longer I can handle this. And so how do we overcome, man? We need to saturate our minds with the word of God. We need to remember that Jesus, when he came, he made a way forward. And that even though the path is difficult, for sure, and, and, and there's gonna be some tough stuff because the road is narrow, yet Jesus has made a way. And, and, and here in Jeremiah 29 tonight, Jeremiah, he shares from the Lord, he communicates God's how-tos, how to navigate through an extended crisis. Idea number one for the night, here's what it is. A right perspective, verses four through six. Check this out. He says this in verse number four. He says, thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all who were carried away captive, whom I have caused to be carried away from Jerusalem to Babylon. He says, build houses and dwell in them and plant gardens and eat their fruit. Take wives and beget sons and daughters. 
and take wives for your sons and give your daughters to husbands so that they may bear sons and daughters and that you may be increased there and not diminished. Can I just say that when we, get, we as Christians go through times of extended crises, that God's intent is for us to increase and not to diminish? That God's intent is for our lives to be changed and for him to, to, to broaden the border of, of, of our walk with him. And in looking at a right perspective in this thing, we can remember that these people, that, listen, they lost their freedoms. They, they, they lost their homes. They lost their jobs. They lost their friends. They lost their family. There was so much more that these, that these guys lost in the captivity. And in fact, it was, like a, it was like a daily nightmare, man, when they woke up. It's like, oh, Lord, I don't know. They were completely hopeless. If you want to put a small little note there in your Bible, that this portion of this letter, that God speaks to them, he's speaking to people that had no hope. And when he speaks to people with no hope, what he did is that, that, that he gave them some things to do. And that's what I want to share with you here in these. First thing he says in verse number four is, is, is that first, that I've caused this to happen. I have caused you to be carried away from Jerusalem. So for, so for those with no hope, he says, God says first, he says, I have allowed this thing to happen and I'm going to use it in your life. And when God speaks that way, man, I'm, I'm convicted. I get convicted of my sins. You know, I, I, I see that we're during this time of, of take 10 that we were praying through you know, how it is that we can love others better. And man, I, I hate to say this. I, I, I hate to share these things. But just, just as a man, you know, walking, walking through these past four months has been, man, it's been something that's been totally exhausting for me. And I, know, I know I'm not the only one that feels this way. I know I'm not the only one that's wrestling with these things. But when I read something like this in Jeremiah, and I understand that what Paul spoke in, in the New Testament, in Romans 8, he says, I'm convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. And he opens it up a little farther, and he says, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow. Listen, I'm a... I'm a I'm a pastor of a small church up in Westminster. We've been there for about eight years or so. And this is, this is a massive church. I mean, God's doing amazing things out here. You know, but as I'm, as I'm walking with the people in my fellowship and I'm, I'm seeing the struggles that they have within their life and I'm recognizing the weariness that is within me, and I'm realizing that why, why Jeremiah wrote to people that had no hope and he wanted to give them something to, to turn their attention in a good direction back towards God so that they would regain that hope. I realize that my mind's got to be saturated with God's word. I realize that I need people close to me to speak into my life. I realize how much during the time of this this, this COVID-19 change, I really feel like I've lost a lot of fellowship with people. 
You know, I was walking with Michael and some of the other fellows here, and I go, man, it's, it's been such a long time since I've been here at Calvary Church. And, and, and you miss the relationships, and you miss all the things that are going on. And at the core of all of these things, sometimes that, that, that fear can drive us in a direction. But what God gives to them here as this message changes and begins to pick up now is that God gives them practical helps to move them forward. And that's what I want to give to you guys. Practical helps to move us forward so that, so that we can do what God wants us to do. And that is, is that we can live intentionally. Because gang... While it might be true that community looks a little bit different right now, I don't know how many of you, and maybe I should just pull the audience. Has anybody been attached to any online stuff, any Zoom stuff, any, any small groups like that? Okay, a number, of, a number of you guys have right here? Okay, good. Listen, community has totally changed. But one thing is for certain is, is that God still has designed us to have fellowship. And what he ends up sharing here is, is these practical helps. Take a look at it in your Bible one more time. Verse number five is, is that he writes to them, again, no hope. He says, build houses and dwell in them. And I, I, I think about that from a New Testament standpoint, and I go, wait a minute. My God wants me to, to build myself up on my most holy faith, Jude 20. That, that, that God doesn't want me to go through this time of an extended crisis and lose my faith. God wants me to go through this time of extended crisis and to grow in faith. That God wants me to move through this particular time while community has changed. And, and, and maybe I don't have that skin-on-skin skin touch, which is super important, by the way. But because of restriction, because of the illness and all that stuff, maybe that's not all happening right now. But it doesn't mean that I still can't have community. But you know what? We have to work at it a little bit different right now, don't we? We have to become more intentional. And I love what you guys are doing out here. In fact, as I was coming in, man, I'm learning so many things. It's like, okay, we got to do this up at church. We got to do that. You know, keep the people safe this way and all these things. But you have to be intentional. You have to be intentional of, of stepping up and, and, and going online and reserving a seat now. Because it's not as, as, as easy just to walk through the back door. But we need community, gang. We need to continue to move forward in, in, in a way that we realize what God has laid before us, that he wants us to be intentional about stepping forward and growing in our faith and walking with him and walking with each other. He doesn't want us to stop growing. So, we're, so we build houses and we dwell in them. That's what he told them. Second thing is that he says is, check this out right there. He says, plant gardens and eat the fruit. Well, God wants us to enjoy the fruit of the spirit within our lives. Right, as we abide in the Lord and his word within us, a very, a very simple thing. But enjoying the fruit of the spirit. You know, Pastor Ed, uh, he, he sent me a text on, on Monday afternoon. And he said, could you stand in and, and, and teach a, a Wednesday night for me? Uh, and after I caught my breath from the text, I'm going, Lord, do you want me to come over there? Okay. And I said, oh, do you have a text? Do you have a theme or something that you want me to, uh, to teach on? He says, no. He says, you pray about it. And I tell you, it, it, it was probably a minute after just getting off the line with him or getting off the text thing with him. And it was, boom, this is it. It's Jeremiah 29. Why Jeremiah 29? 
because of an extended crisis in the things that God has laid out right here for us to move forward. God wants us to plant gardens, okay? Think about this in a way, just a practical way, a New Testament way, again, enjoying the fruit of the Spirit. But then he goes on and he says, he says, take wives and beget sons and daughters and take wives for your sons and give your daughters to husbands so that they may bear sons and daughters. What's the next thing? Listen, God wants us to walk in the joy of the Lord. And what do we know about marriage? In Malachi chapter 2, verse number 11, it tells us that the Lord's holy institution, which he loves, is marriage. That God loves marriage. And there's a lot of stress that is being put on marriages right now. How are you doing date nights right now? For those of you that are married. How has how date night worked out? It's kind of been modified a little bit, you know. Listen, I, uh, uh, my wife and I, we've, we've been married to, uh, 28 years. We've been together for 35 years. Uh, yes, that's a lot, considering I'm only 20, <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, you know, we have, we've, we've got two grown daughters, 31 and 22, and then we have five grandbabies. And, and we've, we've always encouraged and we've always modeled to our daughters about how important it is that we pour into our marriages, that we take the time to do those simple things, date night. Date night has been tweaked for us now for like four months. You know, it's not that we're not having date nights, but I tell you, it's, it's most often it's, it's not the way that it used to be a date night. Hey, a, 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 a nice little fancy meal and, and spending some time together has radically changed to a drive around the community looking around and drinking a coffee. You know, we're, we're still getting conversation with each other, but we've completely lost the fine meals. So we're getting skinny. No, no, I, probably not, not with COVID. We got a little extra poundage for that, but. But then he also says this, he also writes this, you know, again about, about the kids. Man, that your, your, that your kids, help them. You know, maybe we could think about it like this. That as we're going through a time of extended crisis, maybe we need to focus on the family just a little bit more. Maybe all the busyness and all the things that, that we've passed by because we've had the freedom of mobi mobility and we've been able to move around and do so many other things. Maybe we've completely blown it you know, with passing on a godly heritage. Maybe it's, maybe it's been one of those, those spots where it's like, man, I, I've just been so busy with work and I've been so stressed out about that and, and, and these responsibilities here. And during the time of an extended crisis, we have the opportunity not to shrink, not to draw back, but, but to take encouragement from God's word and maybe we look at it from a different way and say, okay, God's want, God wants me to focus a little bit more right now on my family because I don't have the opportunity to be out in, in the community like I once did, but I can be with my family and not have my mask on. They live within my own house. I wear glasses, so wearing a mask for me turns into a, a fog moment. <laughs> my glasses fog on the inside, you know? Here's the point of all this. Is that the Lord wants us to continue to grow and to be fruitful even in crisis seasons. But there's a big question. 
And it's a question that all of us have to answer. And that is, which voice am I going to listen to? Am I going to listen to God? Or am I going to listen to all the other voices? Listen, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a simple guy. And I'm a terrible guy when it comes to social media. I, I'm, 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 I, you know, I'm often very passionate. Uh, I, I don't wear my feelings on my sleeve. I don't mean it like that. But I'll tell you that it is so easy for me to get overwhelmed with all the things that I'm seeing. Here's facts here, and these are questionable stuff here, and all of these particular things. And, and the man, the Lord busted me about three weeks ago. God says, which voice are you going to listen to, Jeff? Are you going to listen to all the other things that are going on out there, or are you going to listen to me? <laughs> man, that, that, that's enough right there to press the pause button in any room. What voice am I going to listen to? God wants me to be fruitful in the times of crisis. And if I'm listening to his voice, I can understand that, listen, that I can build myself up on my most holy faith. I can understand that I can enjoy the fruit of the Spirit as I abide in the Lord. I can understand that I can walk in the joys that God has set before me. I can understand that I need to take time to pass on a godly heritage to my kids to build my family. I can understand that if I'm listening to God's voice. If I'm distracted with all the media, with all the social media and all the other things that are going on from this friend and from that friend, then I can get sidetracked into an area to where hope falls and fear rises and frustration sets in and, 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 and suddenly I can't even hear God's voice anymore with everything that's going on. I, I, I've been pushed to the sidelines here. And now... As the chapter moves on, we come to uh, maybe a second idea here, and that is distorted hope, verses 7 to 9. Here's what he says as he continues to write. He says, And seek the peace of the city where I've caused you to be carried away captive, and pray to the Lord for it, for in its peace you will have peace. For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Do not let your prophets and your diviners who are in your midst deceive you, nor listen to your dreams which you caused to be dreamed. For they prophesy falsely to you in my name. I have not sent them, says the Lord. So, the, so I did number two is a, a distorted hope. Here in verse number seven, God is telling them, he says, listen, stay faithful and be fruitful. Very simple. Work for the peace of the city. You know, the, the city that I've put you in, work towards the prosperity of that particular city because I've placed you there. It's just like this ministry here. You know, uh, the Lord has put... Pastor Ed and the, and the team and all of you guys here in this city. And, and man, he has called you to work for the peace of this city. He's called you to be a blessing to this particular city, to continue to reach out and to pray and to intervene and to serve and all these things in this city, even, even during a time of crisis. Now, in Jeremiah's time, there was something that was going on that there was a distorted hope that was in place. Look inside your Bible for just a second. Take a look at Jeremiah 28, verse number 11, okay? Just a few verses in front of this. And we see here, it says that, and Hananiah spoke in the presence of all the people, saying, thus says the Lord, even so I will break the yoke of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, from the neck of all nations within the space of two full years. And then the prophet Jeremiah, he just went his way. So Hananiah is saying this. Hananiah is a false prophet. Hananiah is a guy that was saying, listen, 
Don't worry about putting your faith in action. Just, just stay there because this thing is not going to last very long. Listen, in the scope of, of two full years, we're going to be back in Jerusalem. Everything's going to be back the way that it is, was. No big deal. And yet what the Lord had put within his word right here, verse number 10, is, is that they were going to be in, in this place of captivity, this extended crisis for 70 years. What can you and I take away from this about a distorted hope? Well, we can understand this is that God desires to, that we would live in such a way as that our faith is put into action. I understand that you guys are studying through the, uh, the book of Daniel here in your normal study uh, on Wednesday nights. You know, Daniel is a guy that lived right parallel to this particular time. And he's a guy that put his faith in action. You know, being, being led away in the captivity as a teenager and then spending all of his life in captivity and everything. And yet he was a man that put his faith into action. And that's exactly what Jesus would have you and I do right now. Is that he would have us to put our faith into action. That, that he, would, he would desire that by the, the power of his spirit that we would thrive in this time and not just survive. Man, I, 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 I always love to ask, you know, for people to, to raise hands in my fellowship. I, you know, I ask a question and all that. I, I probably shouldn't do that here. But, but I would tell you this is that Jesus saved me 28 years ago. And I've had the opportunity to just continue to see just his, his, his mercy poured out on me and his grace poured out on me. But I'll tell you, the past four months, I have not wrestled in my Christian walk more than I have in the past four months over this thing. Of all of the struggles that have gone on inside the fellowship, you know, at our, at our fellowship, you know, we've had repeated vandalism and somebody you know two weeks ago just came and broke out all the upper windows and throwing rocks through our windows at the church and, and, and I tell you when you get tired and you're in this place of living through an extended crisis you get so frustrated on the inside it's like Lord how could you possibly bring good out of this Lord what are you doing and then all of a sudden I realize you know what he's doing <laughs> he's teaching me He's teaching me to grow in love. He's teaching me to grow in patience. Now let's turn the mirror around. What's he doing in your house? What's he doing with you right now? Where do you find that the friction of this moment has made you frail? Where do you find that in your life, the things that you're going through right now, where, where do you find that you're just so weak in these areas? It's like, man, I don't know if I can handle this another day. I don't know if I can bear listening to one more bad report or one more extension of this or that. As I come to understand what God desires for me to live through an extended crisis, and, and, and when, I when I come to understand all of these lessons for living that he's put within the Old Testament and the examples there, that I can look through the, through the lens of Scripture how somebody else has walked through this and I can be encouraged for my present moment. And here's the takeaway for, for a distorted hope. Here's the cure maybe I can say for a distorted hope. 
is that we need to stay on mission during the time of crisis. Watch, watch. If I don't have your attention yet, just, just look at me for a minute. It's so weird wearing the mask. I just can't see. Okay, where are they at? Okay. Here's it. Check this out. Okay. A distorted hope. God wants us to stay on mission. Watch. In 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, that we're to pray for city, state, and national leaders. Now, that might be super difficult right now because of all the toxic emotions that are floating around in all aspects of media and in in, in so many conversations. And yet, what God has called us to do and to walk within is to pray for those that are in authority, is to pray for those that are in places of leadership, is to pray. Well, how can I pray for that guy? Listen, this is the time of growth that God is, is bringing a crisis right before us so that we as the church can intervene into history, into what's going on right now. Hey, maybe it's the acceleration of the return of Jesus Christ. I don't know. Maybe it's the complete stoppage of this, this, you know, this pandemic and the COVID-19. And I, I, I don't know. Maybe it's the, it's the launching of a continual, churches are gathering for continual prayer around the country, around the globe in a nonstop capacity until this thing is, is done or until our hearts are changed. We, we, we're to stay on mission even during the times of crisis. And part of that mission is praying for our leaders. The other part, maybe the primary part of the mission is, is that we're making disciples. Final point here for the night as we, as we wrap down. I did number three is, is don't give up, verses 10 to 14. Uh, once again, he says in verse 10, he says, for thus says the Lord, he says, after 70 years are completed at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word towards you and cause you return to this place. He says, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me, and I will listen to you, and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. I will be found by you, says the Lord, and I will bring you back from your captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and from all the places where I have driven you, says the Lord. And I will bring you to the place for which I caused you to be carried away captive. Guys, as we look at this here tonight, as we walk through just these 14 verses here, please understand that, you know, in the, in, in the scope of 40 minutes, we're just, we're just taking a high-level flyover on this in a topical study is all it is. I'm not exegeting all of these particular parts and giving you all the history and all that stuff. We're just flying over the top of this thing. But as we move through the top of this, having a right perspective, staying away from a a distorted hope, and and then moving to the place and recognizing that, listen, God doesn't want us to give up. You know, someone once said it this way, that it's not the depth of the trial that causes our, our greatest fatigues, but it's often the length of the trial that brings us our breaking point. Nobody knows how long this condition is going to continue to last. It is, it was prophesied, it was written, it was given to them in the Babylonian captivity. 
70 years, you're the entirety of, of most of your life, you're going to be in this place of captivity. For you and I, we don't know what that time frame is, but what we do know is that Jesus is coming back soon. And what we do know is that, we, yes, right there, come on for Jesus. Mm. And what we do know is, is that, that while we wait for him, that we're to be on mission for him. And while we wait for him, that we're to personally walk with him. And maybe that part becomes a struggle sometimes. This is why I love this particular verse here, verse number 11. I know that God is speaking this to them. I know this was in the letter that, that, that was given. But I also know that God is alive. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And that his word is continually speaking. And I know that this, that this verse number 11, that it reflects the heart of God. And I know is that God's attitude towards sinners is always that of grace. And so as you and I, as we look around the failures of our, of our life, we can remember that God's perspective towards you is that of grace. And from that grace, we are able to gain strength because God's the one that picks us up. God's the one that washes us off. Jesus is the one that says, hey, I'm with you till the end of the age. The Holy Spirit is never going to leave us and never forsake us. Now, these guys, during the Babylonian captivity, the scriptures tell us why they were in this spot. I'm not going to turn there. I'll just give you the reference point. Second Chronicles chapter 36, verses 14 to 16, it tells us the why behind their crisis. It tells us why they were in this extended crisis. You ready for it? Why they were there? It was because God's people... They weren't living like people of faith. And what God did was in that crisis is that he removed spiritual cancer. Now, I don't know what God's doing in this, you know, with, with all the details of, of this time that we're living through. But I can tell you, just walking through this time, that I found so many weak spots within my life, things in which I, I don't know, maybe I was just turning a blind eye to things. It's like, oh man, I've walked with Jesus for 28 years. This is, God's been good. Yep, I've been a knucklehead for all of them. Okay, that's fine. That's true. But man, how do you know until you get there what's really in the deep recesses of your heart? How do you know until God takes you through those tough times what's really down on the inside. You know, as Christians in America, man, we've got it so good. I mean, oh, during the chorus of, I, you know, I, I see all of your eyes. Listen, during the chorus of, of all of your lives, it doesn't mean that we haven't gone through hard things, but by and large, we have not remained in a place where there's, where there's been the national or the global struggles that are there with so much uncertainty that is before us. 
There's been wars. There's been rumors of wars. There's been these types of struggle. But nobody knows what's going on right now. And we can begin to lose hope in that. And God doesn't want us to lose hope. God doesn't want us to take our faith and to just cash it, cash it in and just kind of put it on cruise control. God desires that we live and that we work and that we, that we walk with him and that we pray and that, and, and, and that we, we're encouraged. We live our lives in a manner that reflects his goodness and that we don't stop. And even though circumstances and, and, and the road has become maybe a little bit more narrow and maybe the road has become difficult, right? That's what Jesus said it would be. Yet we can still get through these times of extended crisis because God's attitude towards us as people, as sinners, is that of grace. It's an unstopping pursuing. Uh, you know, the New Living Translation tells us this out of the book of Psalms, that his goodness pursues us every day. And that's what we could take away. That's what we can take away and understand walking through a time of extended crisis that God is pursuing us every day with his goodness, with his love. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to close our study here, right here at this point. I, uh, I understand that uh, I have a tendency I can go like super long. I'm like one of those guys that kind of teaches like 53 minutes every time. That's kind of my zone. Uh, but, I, but I understand we're a little bit shorter here. And so I'd like to ask the, uh, uh, the worship team to, uh, to come back forward. But I, I am going to share a couple more things here for just a moment. And you know, times of walking through times of crisis like we're in, I think it's really easy to forget that I need that, that fresh move of God's hand, that fresh move of God's grace upon my life. In a daily way, like I've, I've not recognized that I've needed before. And so I want to make sure that, you know, that as, as, as we close the Bible study out here tonight, this is, you know, this is, this is not about, you know, uncovering a whole bunch of theological facts and how-tos and information and all of that stuff. It's, it's not about that. You guys know that. You guys are a very well-fed flock here in this, in this fellowship. But it is about us accepting and applying that grace in a fresh way. And as we have the opportunity, every time we have the opportunity to get together in corporate gatherings like this, even with social distancing and all the masks and all of this stuff, man, we shouldn't take these particular things for granted. And so, as the Holy Spirit is, is, is present here in our lives. We were just praying about this as one of the, right, the first prayer point is that we would we'd ask the Lord to, to search us and try us and see what's going on on the inside. You know, as, 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 a, as a follower of Jesus, as a pastor, 
man, I want to make sure that I'm always giving that fresh distribution of grace. And so I would ask you this, even in the brightness of the lights that are here, you don't realize until you go to somewhere else how it's like, well, the lights at my church are really not that bright. The lights in this church are really bright. But man, who needs, who needs tonight the forgiveness that Jesus offers right here in this room? Let me, give, let, me, let me give you three different ways to accept and to apply the grace of God right now. And I hope that you can capture and that you can understand this, that, 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 that while it is important to come to the throne of grace and to receive salvation for the first time, yes, amen, that's, that's, that's what God has set us about to do, yes. But the refreshing work of God's Holy Spirit to forgive us of our sins and to renew us, to give us fresh perspective, to give us fresh hope in the moments that we're living through right now, I need that daily distribution of God's grace. And so I would ask you before, or I would ask you as, as, as we wrap our time up here now, I would ask you that if you need that fresh perspective in this pandemic from God, that if you need that, 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 that fresh distribution of God's grace, if you need the Lord to raise you up out of a spiritual numbness, or you need the Lord to forgive you of sins that you know that are there. It's like, mm, God, I haven't dealt with that. Oh, I know that's there, but oh, I just haven't dealt with it. So I would like to ask that you would stand to your feet right now. If any of that speaks to you, if any of those things resonate within your heart by the Spirit of God, stand up. I see you. I see you. I see you, I see you, I see you, all the way across, over here, 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 here. The lights are on, I can see you like super easy in your place. We need to do this at my church so I can see folks. <laughs> Will you bow your heart with me and pray as we close? Father, I thank you. And just in the, in the simplicity of your word, in the power of your spirit, that you're at work amongst your people, that you're at work in your church, and that you run to and fro throughout the whole world looking to show yourself strong on behalf of those whose hearts are turned towards you. And I'm praying over my brothers and sisters here that I can see in this room tonight. And I'm praying for those that are perhaps listening on the radio or, or watching on the live stream. Lord, we need more of you and less of us. Lord, we can receive this message that you gave to Jeremiah in their time, but we can also take away and we can also understand that your grace is your attitude to always towards us and that you're pursuing us with your goodness. But we need fresh power tonight. We need fresh hope. We need, we need a fresh cleansing from the perspective that we have on the crisis that we're in right now. And I'd like to ask, Lord, that for these that have, have stood to, to their feet that you would touch them in a special way right now. That you'd fill them with new strength and new power and new hope 
and new vision and new understanding. And Lord, I'm, I'm right there with my brothers and sisters. I need more of you, Lord, today. I don't know all the things that you're up to, but I do know that you are faithful. And I do know that you'll not leave us nor forsake us. And I do know that nothing can snatch me out of your hands. Lord, help us not to get lost in all the things that are swirling about us. We thank you for your great love tonight. And we pray these things collectively. In the name of Jesus and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. We pray that you've been encouraged by this Bible study delivered live from the sanctuary of Calvary Aurora. For prayer or a copy of this study, call us at 877-30-GRACE. That's 877-304-7223. Or visit us online at calvaryaurora.org. Be blessed as you worship Jesus this week.